This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And if you were with us last week... Uh, you know that we did a position-by-position breakdown on the offensive side of the ball, looking at really the three biggest areas of need we feel going into the 2021 season, um, which was offensive line, running back, and tight end. But today, we're going to do the defensive side of the ball. And because there is a lot more, I guess, up in the air, including a new defensive coordinator in Joe Barry, we'll we'll just kind of touch on every single position. So, Perry, I guess before we dive in, did you have any like feelings about Joe Barry? Other than like the fact that now we have a new coordinator other than Penn. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't have a ton of thoughts. I know he's a guy who's been in the league for a while. So people certainly have some feelings about his history with other teams, but um, seeing as I don't really have enough to go off of, I'm just looking forward to seeing what he brings to the team. If there's any differences in what Petten was, was scheming up and, um, to be honest with you, you know, I, I trust Matt LaFleur to bring in someone that he feels like is going to mesh well with this team. And uh, I don't hate that, you know, Joe Barry's a little bit of an older, more established guy in the league. I think that balances out nicely with Matt LaFleur's sort of young, new, progressive attitude. So I'm just looking forward to seeing what he brings and trying to go into the season with no expectations. Yeah. And I mean, I know that if you looked at Twitter, it sounded like the worst thing in the world, but it sounds like he's going to kind of implement a Wade Phillips type defense, which I know Packers fans wanted Wade Phillips himself. So that's something. And if you hear from previous players, I know Bill Huber just wrote something interviewing uh, one of Joe Barry's old linebackers. So it sounds like the players really like and respect him. And I think the buzzwords that we've kind of heard are like energy and aggression. And those were things I thought were missing from the defense for a lot of the season. So like you said, kind of going in there with not a ton of expectations, but waiting to kind of see how it differs from Mike Patton. So Maybe we can get started with the play the position groups that need the least amount of work. So I guess like what do you want to do you want to start with safety or edge rush? Those were the two I had in mind also. Um <laughs> yeah, let's start with safety because I feel like it's the easiest one to just sort of like wrap up really quickly. Yeah. Um you know, we have our two starting guys, right? Like our base guys are set in Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. I I feel like pretty confident that neither of them are going to be going anywhere, uh, especially after the way that they played the second half of the season, especially in the championship game. Um, the only thing there, honestly, is that uh, Will Redmond is a restricted free agent. No, he's typically been sort of the dime safety when, when they play dime. 
uh, unclear if the Packers will bring him back. I didn't think that he had like the greatest showing, um, but because he's restricted, right, they can just tender him and probably give him a pretty cheap deal if they wanted to bring him back. Uh, and then I think a little bit more importantly, and someone you and I both enjoy watching and enjoy when he's healthy and on the field uh, is Raven Green who is also a restricted free agent. So I know that he has kind of an unfortunate injury history, but I also feel like the Packers could bring him back again, tender him on like a pretty cheap deal and, and have him if they feel like he will be healthy and ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they'll both be back at least for camp, if nothing else, Will Redmond and Raven Green. But then you also, of course, have Vernon Scott, who the Packers just drafted in the seventh round of the last draft. So I know they have Henry Black and a couple other guys that they were elevated either from the practice squad or that they had coming off injured reserve. So I think that'll be kind of an interesting battle in camp just to see who maybe gets those third and fourth or potentially even fifth spots, depending. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm kind of excited about Vernon Scott, honestly. I know that we saw him in like very limited snaps in the 2020 season, but I thought when he was on the field, he really produced and looked good. Um, I believe it was it was probably like garbage time fourth quarter, and I, I wish I remembered the opponent, but he came in from like a, a safety blitz with a sack, and it just really caught my eye. You know, he was a seventh rounder, so you never really expect a ton out of the you know, and later later rounds of the draft guys, but they seem really excited about him. And I know he didn't have a ton of tape at TCU either, but um, if they could get production out of him in sort of that even just dime package next season, you know, alongside Amos and Savage, uh, then potentially we could, you know, the Packers could move on from a guy like Will Redmond. They feel like Vernon Scott took that jump. So that would be very exciting to get that production out of a, a draft pick. Yeah, to me, safety really feels like one of those positions that I could see them drafting like on day three, but it's definitely the most solidified as far as Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. So, you know, I yeah. know we try not to project into the universe maybe what we think or won't think will happen with player contracts, but if we're going to talk about the edge position even a little bit, I think Preston Smith is kind of a big question mark. We know Zadarius Smith will be on the team. Rashawn Geary mm -hmm. had an, like a really exceptional end to his season. He came on hot in the playoffs. Uh, so what do you think about the edge position as a whole? Because I think even if you look at the practice squad and just the, just the depth there, there's some really talented players. I actually think that this is one of the deepest positions that the Packers have. And the only one that's any kind of restricted free agent is Randy Ramsey. And he's an exclusive restricted free agent. So I fully assume he'll be back as well. And I completely agree. I think that this is like a really strong group. Um, wouldn't put it past the Packers to draft another edge rusher in the draft because you can never, you know, have enough at that premium type position. But, you know, there's guys like Jonathan Garvin who I'm really excited to see maybe take a leap this offseason. Um, like you mentioned, Rashawn Gary really coming to his own. Uh, I think the story here this offseason is whether or not Preston Smith comes back to the Packers. And I think we can talk about this a little bit, but you know, the Packers don't just cut players to cut players. I think Jimmy Graham was very much a, an anomaly, if you will, to just cut someone when their contract is, is not done. But Preston Smith has a pretty legit cap hit. You know, he's set to make 16 mil uh, next season. And if they cut him, it would be, you know, a dead cap of eight, but that would still be saving them eight. So, it wouldn't be the you know the most the most surprising thing given that the Packers salary cap right now is pretty strapped and if they if they felt like they could use that money to make a better move for somebody else uh, based off of Preston Smith's 
production in 2020, I could kind of see them doing it. Yeah, it's, I don't want to say it's hard for me to see Preston on the team, but the more we hear about the cap situation and how the Packers really need to clear up a lot of money for, I mean, right now they're over and they've got to consider the draft picks and pay a bunch yeah. of people already being over. So I think Preston makes a lot of sense. I think we'll talk about some other potential defenders on the roster as well. But yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not really a gambler outside of like, you know, slot machines when you go to a, a casino or something. But if I had to bet, I think that I would say Preston Smith is unfortunately a cap casualty. But I think what we've seen from Rashawn is really promising. I know Tipa had a really good couple games. He had a really strong preseason or training camp, not preseason. But I think that'll be kind of an exciting part of 2021 is potentially getting preseason games and getting fans in the stands at camp to kind of see these players develop when we didn't get that their rookie years. Yeah, and I think that time really means a lot for some of these younger guys or fringe players. We talked about this this last offseason about how it just felt unfortunate that maybe some guys who could take those snaps and prove that they deserve a spot on the roster just didn't get that opportunity. So I do hope that, that, that we see that again this year. So now is when it gets interesting, right? Because we know safety is pretty solidified. Edge, you've got at least your starting two, if not your starting three. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like inside linebacker is another one of those positions that is potentially solidified. I think it's less mm-hmm. of a question mark than the last two positions we'll talk about. So I don't know. I guess I guess when I was talking about Preston, this is another one of those players where Kirsten Kirksey, to me, is a big question mark. I think Chris Barnes looked really good, the undrafted free agent. Kamal Martin, obviously, in his limited opportunities. And I, I think I feel better about the inside linebacker position if it's Martin and Barnes starting than I had in a lot of previous seasons. Yeah, I don't think that it's um, as huge of a question mark as it normally is. Uh, Again, the Packers don't typically put a lot of stock into the inside linebacker position. So if they feel like they can get Chris Barnes in there, um, you know, wearing wearing the dot again, and then Kamal Martin can get some kind of development going in the offseason, then that feels as set as the Packers have ever been really at inside linebacker. Um, I, I don't think Christian Kirksey necessarily had the worst year, but I don't know from a cap perspective if it makes sense to bring him back based on the production. Like he's got a probably like 7.6 mil cap hit uh, and, and they'd save like a good chunk of that. Um, if they cut him, I think they'd save it looks like 5.6 mil of that. So that I think again, like in a season where the entire cap is probably gonna be lower and the Packers already need the money, um, if they feel good, like we think they probably do about the younger guys, then yeah, Christian Kirksey might be a sort of one and one and done season with the Packers. Yeah, and I mean, to your point, it it is kind of unfortunate because he did seem to have a good season, especially when they moved him from Mike to Will. And, you know, I think he, in those limited reps, when he didn't have to wear the communication helmet, looked a lot better on the field. So I don't know if you could call it a loss because we didn't see a ton out of him given that he was injured for some of the season. Um, but I thought when he was on the field, he did make an impact for the defense. But before we move on, Ty Summers and Oren Burks are also still on the roster. Obviously, a former seventh and third round pick, respectively. Oren Burks, to me, it's really hard to picture him sticking. Ty Summers, potentially, for special teams. But it's just kind of hard to me to think that you're going to dedicate two spots to special teams when you could potentially draft somebody late and have them serve as inside linebacker three or four. Yeah, I don't think either of them should be on the team. I know that that's horrible, and I, you know, you don't want to root for guys to sort of be cut, but 
they haven't been able to produce, they haven't been able to get elevated to the level of that, that they're, at least for Oren Burks' draft capital, you know, he should be at. It, it's, it's unfortunate, but you can't, like you said, keep two people on the roster just to like be part of special teams. They even tried to move Oren Burks around and use him in different ways and it still didn't work. And he was kind of a liability on the field when he was playing either outside linebacker or inside linebacker, it didn't matter. So yeah, I think I would definitely rather the Packers find two other players that could potentially produce better on the field uh, and, and not have those spots yeah, and I mean, I think especially when you're thinking about, and I know the caveat here, of course, is that guys need to stay healthy, but if you're looking at bringing somebody like Raven Green back, we know that at least Mike Patton used to use him in kind of that hybrid linebacker safety role. Not sure if Joe Barry would do something similar, but you do have some bigger-bodied safeties who could kind of play that role as well. So to give up a roster spot for somebody like Oren Burks, who hasn't necessarily been producing it either outside or inside linebacker, I think is pretty tough. But I think... You know, the next two positions, the last two positions on defense that we have to talk about, there's a lot of question marks there, a lot of contracts that are either up in the air, a lot of free agents, and not a lot of depth. So maybe we save your favorite for last, and we talk about the defensive line, because I believe the only players under contract are Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Kingsley Kiki, which is absolutely yep. not enough depth. No. And, and it's already a position that, we like the Packers, we have been saying – for what a year and a half now that the Packers need more depth at defensive line so it doesn't help either that I think there's four players who have taken or you hope would take meaningful snaps are free agents so you have Snacks Harrison obviously because they brought him in late Billy Wynn Montrevious Adams and Tyler Lancaster and the only one that is a restricted free agent, not an unrestricted, is Tyler Lancaster. So he potentially could be someone that they bring back. He's kind of a filler to me. He's kind of like, he, you know, okay. You know, every team has a Tyler Lancaster on their roster that's just sort of, they used him way too much in that rotation than I think his skill level uh, warranted. You know, like I, you know, he, he's kind of like Dean Lowry, although Dean Lowry produced a little bit better, but. Billy Wynn, again, was a player that I thought looked good in his limited snap. So if you get can get him back, I don't know if Snacks Harrison feels like he still wants to play or if this was sort of a ring chase situation, if you will. You know, the, there's definitely options there, but you're cap strapped. So how much, you know, is a guy like Snacks Harrison going to cost to bring back on some level of like an actual contract? And I don't see him you know, wanting to take a vet minimum kind of deal either. It's, you know, this isn't his team. That's that's not why he's with the Packers. So there's there are a lot of question marks. I hope that the Packers draft use some level of, of draft capital to take a defensive lineman because that way you have someone on a cheap rookie deal that you can rotate in. Uh, they haven't historically done that really, except for Kenny Clark, but um, we'll see. Uh, I think though, though, to take a more positive spin on it, you know, to have Kenny and Dean and Kingsley Kiki as the three that are locked up, that is the best case scenario. Yeah. Um, as somebody who was Team Ross Blacklock in 2020, I completely agree with you here. Um, I mean, I think Tyler Lancaster, like you said, I think he'll be back. He really, and if you look at the players that they have on this roster right now on the defensive line, they're three rushers. Like, yes, they can run stuff, but they're really primarily 
supposed to get after the quarterback. And I think that's why you consider bringing back a guy like Tyler Lancaster because he does stuff the run. He doesn't really set the edge or get after the quarterback. So I don't know if you draft a player that early that wouldn't necessarily be able to rush the passer. I think they have to do some level of both. But if you're looking at Kingsley Kiki's development and if you're looking at obviously Kenny Clark with his massive contract, you probably need to lean more run stuffer, and maybe that's something that you can do on day three. I don't know if you have to invest a high draft pick in that. So I guess the question then is, you know, if you're looking at drafting a player for depth and knowing what the depth looks like on the roster currently, is there any part of you that thinks the Packers move on from a guy like Dean Lowry to save cap space? Or do you think, you know, when you only have Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki, there's no way that you could do that? It would completely depend on how the draft goes, because if they draft someone or maybe two or maybe they bring someone in free agency, then yeah, I mean, Dean Lowry has a pretty legit cap hit too in 2021. Like this is not a player that's just like, oh, it's just a million. Like he's set to make it's 6.3. And if the Packers cut him, they would save 3.3 so that's like not nothing you know you could use that for another player that's like a pretty legit cap hit especially for a player that no offense to Dean Lowry like isn't like a blue chip player you know it's not he's he's in this list you know right underneath Kenny Clark right above Rick Wagner and Mason Crosby like he's right in there with players that you build teams around (laughs) so so I don't think it's out of the question at all Yeah, and I mean, I think that's what's so interesting is, like, you look at the amount of time it took them to sign Kenny Clark to an extension, and obviously we're talking about a very different player here, but the Packers are notoriously really safe with a lot of their contracts, and the Dean Lowry contract, I think, surprised so many people because it seemed so excessively high, and he he had a good season, but I, I don't know if the money necessarily matched or if they thought that maybe they would lose him, but now I think they are in a position where his contract is more of a hindrance to them as, you know, they're building this this roster and this having this lack of cap space. So last position, of course, on the defense is the certified cornerback stand, Perry Goldstein, um, her opinions on it, the cornerback room. Obviously, you can build half of your defense or your entire defense around Jair Alexander and his ability to lock up half of the field. But then you have Kevin King, who is a free agent, and, you know, there's really no way to think that he'll be back in Green Bay. So what are your thoughts just on the cornerback room? Yeah, so... Yeah, the cornerback room is so interesting because it's you have, you know, the best cornerback in the league, the number one rated by PFF, best cornerback in the league, and then you have Kevin King. And I think it's safe to say after his NFC Championship game performance that Kevin King is not going to be brought back, not to mention just cornerbacks in general in the free agency market garner, I think, a lot more money than the Packers are willing to or are able to give. And if he had had, you know, a phenomenal end to the season, or had shown up in that game, then maybe I would feel differently about the Packers bringing him back, but it feels like a hard pass at this point, especially for a player that honestly low key has some serious injury history. You know, Kevin King has not been healthy for a full season, I think since we the Packers drafted him. So I kind of expect him to not be brought back. Uh, and then the rest of the depth after, like you mentioned, is a huge question mark, you know? and. Chandon Sullivan is also a free agent. Are they going to bring Chandon Sullivan back? Or do they go out and look for a little bit more of a proven slot corner guy? It actually also all depends, now that I'm thinking about it, about the kind of defense that Joe Barry wants wants to 
scheme up. You know, if you're talking about a Petten defense who plays tons of nickel and dime, that slot corner position is super, super important. I think it'll stay important just given the way offenses are running these days. You a little bit need a slot corner there, but Shannon Sullivan was really up and down. Now he's a restricted free agent. So again, the Packers could sort of tender him and maybe get him back on something cheap. But if he gets offered something better at another team, he has the option to take that. So it's definitely interesting. I would love to see a guy like Kadar Holman maybe get take, take some snaps like in training camp and preseason to see how he does. I know the Packers are really high on him. Um, or maybe draft a cornerback high in the draft. I, I don't love the idea of a rookie corner starting. I think rare is it that you know, you get a guy like Jair, Jair Alexander who can start week one of their rookie season and just be an absolute stud. But the Packers historically use first round, second round picks, uh, those premium picks on cornerbacks. You know, we've talked about the cornerback carousel that the Packers have had over the last couple of years. And if they need to use it again on a stud, I say go for it. You know, you have half of your field locked up already. You have two premium safeties back there get that fourth guy in your base and have a lockdown secondary it's it's right there it's right for the taking um and then you have a guy like jerry gray who you know is going to be able to take any rookie that comes in this season and potentially develop them to be successful so i'm looking for the draft not free agency i know twitter has said you know patrick peterson richard sherman is a free agent Packers don't have that money even if i felt like they wanted they should go get a veteran. They don't have the money to. And I I just see, it, see them developing this through the draft. That's their philosophy, right? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Jerry Gray because to me that was, you know, yes, they hired a new defensive coordinator in Joe Barry, but I think being able to retain Jerry Gray and have him continue his development of the Packers secondary was almost even more important given kind of how we saw all of those players progress. And this will be his second year now with the team. And, you know, I think Josh Jackson is a really interesting question mark. I don't necessarily see him taking over as the other boundary corner in this scenario, but it's it's been kind of a make it or break it year. And then he's been a healthy scratch for so much of the season that it's hard to maybe see, even see him kind of garnering a roster spot going into 2021. And I do fully agree with you that I think the Packers will draft a corner very high. And here's a question for you specifically, because it's your guy. Tremont Williams ended the season with the Packers, obviously a free agent. Do you think they would have any interest in bringing him back for like a vet minimum? It's a, such a good question. I mean, if he feels healthy enough to play and he wants to stay in Green Bay, I don't see why not on a vet minimum. But I also feel like again in a year where you're so cap strapped is that even worth it you know he would really have to play like he he would really have to be a rotating member of the secondary i for one would love to see him in there um if he still has the juice uh i wanted him to play in the nfc championship game um but but yeah it's it's really about how he feels and whether or not the packers even can give up that low i'll be low that minimum deal you know another thing that I have in the back of my mind to be honest with you is we have two the Packers have two big contract years coming up in 2021 right so the Packers have to pay Devontae Adams and they have to pay Jair Alexander and you know both of those guys are going to warrant big paydays and so it's another reason why I feel like they will go the draft route in filling that cornerback spot because they need that young cheap talent in there because they're about to 
blow a ridiculous amount of money and again worth it on two players that are absolutely worth it but you also have to think ahead at what next offseason looks like yeah and I mean I think we talked about this a little bit kind of before the season ended after David Bakhtiari got his big contract but if you put Jair Alexander and Dave and Devonte Adams kind of in this cycle of free agents, they might go one and two. Like I know Kenny Clark obviously was deserving of money, David Bakhtiari deserving of money, but when you've got Devonte and Jair coming up, that could have shaken out 2020 entirely differently if they were all in the same class. So the Packers do have a lot to consider, and they can't really afford to keep pushing money towards the the later seasons when they've got big money that is due and hopefully gets done even maybe before they're, they actually hit free agency because we know that that's something the Packers historically try to do. So I guess, you know, like we said, we're going to keep the episodes shorter in the offseason, but any other like holistic thoughts about the defense, maybe positions you think they'll target early in the draft? I guess, is there any position you think they would bring in a free agent for that it's worth the cap hit? Or is this really just going to be maybe the year of draft and develop under Joe Barry? It's a really good question. Um, The Packers, I've noticed a lot of times do like maybe bring someone in free in free agency and then pair them with a young rookie. So I kind of have my eye out on that to see if they do do anything like in March when free agency opens, because that might like hint at what they may draft. Again, this past draft was a total, you know, confusion. So (laughs) who knows if that pattern is real or if I'm really making that up in my head, but I uh, I just think that the, where the holes are, those players typically garner like pretty big contracts. And so I think holistically, honestly, across the league, there's going to be less movement just because all teams are going to have less cap space to work with. There's only a handful really that have any kind of room like and it's like the Jets and, you know, teams that are bad that probably need more players. Um, so I just don't think there's going to be a ton to happen in free agency. I know that's very boring. It's a very boring take, but it's how I feel. Um, if maybe they traded, I don't know if we think there's anyone on the Packers who could potentially be trade bait, but that is also on the table. Uh, I just think that the Packers holistically on defense have almost all of the key pieces they just need a few fillers, and that's not very different from any other offseason, but I think that they can do it even with their limited money. Yeah, and I mean, I think we've talked about this before on other shows too, but it's a tough year to be a free agent for any team and for any team needing free agents just because, you know, everything is so kind of up in the air. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just a really hard year to be a free agent or a team needing a free agent because the market and the salary cap is just going to be kind of so diminished on like a normal year that there are players, unfortunately, whether it's a Corey Lindsley or a Kevin King or an Aaron Jones, if the Packers don't bring them back, whatever team they go to, they might not get their top dollar. And that's unfortunate to these guys that, you know, are mortgaging their futures and their bodies, but it's kind of the way that this is turning. So on the flip side of that coin, the Packers could end up kind of snagging a player that they really need to kind of continue building their roster around on on the cheaper side of free agency because there are more players that will be available at a lower price. But I'm with you that I do think that kind of most of this is going to be developmental through the draft. And, you know, it's, it's a good year to need a cornerback. There's some good defensive linemen. There's some good offensive tackles. So I guess we'll yep. kind of see then what happens through the draft. But Perry, if anybody listening wants to follow your work on social media, if they don't already, how can they do that? Um, yeah, I'll just say that, uh, you know, we're obviously going to get into the draft in a little bit. So 
you'll probably hear Maggie my my thoughts on specific players that we like but I I totally agree I think it's a good draft for what the Packers needs are um if you want to follow my work uh just follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein uh please follow the podcast at PWSS podcast um on Twitter and Instagram and yeah what about you Maggie you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. I'm on the Thursday Pack-A-Day podcast crew. And then, of course, like Perry said, please continue to follow the Packs What She Said podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And remember that we do have a Teespring. So even though it's the off-season, you can still rock your Packs What She Said merch all year long. So thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. And Jones! Trying to chase him down, he's inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. The title is back in town.